0: We've got an interesting topic this morning and is probably going to create some lovely discussions over lunch. Um, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to look at what is baptism. I think it's quite a good one. We put off the, we're on, what are we doing next? We're doing the King and his cross. So that's what we're going to be moving on to. But we're going to have a wee pit stop for what is baptism. So I'm going to give you a bit of background. We're going to be looking at the early church and their normal of having Thousands of people coming to Jesus. Sounds pretty good to me. And so the background for the passages that were on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the disciples in an intense and real way, and they've experienced his presence and power. And now it's spilling out onto the streets, something we long for. We're so filled with the Holy Spirit that it spills out into our lives, into our streets. And we're going to, Peter's standing at the front of the crowd, he's explaining what's going on, and we're just going to drop in at the end of this speech. So it's in Acts 2, 32 to 41. If you haven't got a Bible with you and you'd like one, if you just pop up your hand, the lovely fee will pass you one. And if you've not got a Bible at home, this is a gift for you. Please keep it and read it. Everybody's okay. All good. It'll come up on the screen as well. So Acts 2, 32 to 41. God has raised this Jesus to life Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Ah, is that all? 3,000, can't quite imagine, can you? So Peter said, verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you. That's pretty clear, isn't it? A few years ago as a church, we realized that it was important for all of us to be public about our faith in our lives. And we still believe the importance of that and the importance for everyone who has a faith to be public about it. So this morning, I hope that we receive afresh the call of Jesus for each one of us to be a witness to our world. That we receive a sense that God is saying to each one of us, come on, it's time to blow your cover. Or perhaps you've only just come to faith and now would be a really good time for you to get baptised to go all in, all out with your public faith. And for some of us, being baptized will be that opportunity. Seems to me there's about three moments. If I was to invite my friends to church, they might definitely come. Not curry nights or fundraisers, actually church. I think they're probably Christmas, maybe Easter, and definitely my baptism. So what we're going to do actually is do both of that. We're going to have Easter Sunday and we're going to have baptisms on the same day. What an amazing opportunity to invite your world. So Easter Sunday is the 21st of April, not even in the school holidays. What is that all about? But anyway, we're going to have baptisms at every site. And we're hoping to pack the services out with loads of people sharing their stories about how knowing Jesus has changed their lives, inviting their friends and family to come along. And even if you're not getting baptized, what a great opportunity to invite people that you think might, might, might find it worthwhile. So because of that, it's useful for all of us to know why we believe some stuff sometimes, isn't it? So we want to take time for the benefit of those that are not clear or for those who would like it refreshed about what is baptism. So racism, ageism, heightism, the only good ism is baptism. George Taylor, apparently one of the signatories on the Declaration of Independence said that. Or the ever famous David Beckham said, we're definitely going to get Brooklyn christened, but we're not sure into which religion yet. Ah, bless. <laughs> this may be a bit mean, is it? But anyway, sorry, David Beckham. Um, but in the New Testament, it's quite clear. and the, the basis of it starts with ancient cultures. They all had some sort of concept of a ritual cleansing, a bathing of a bridegroom before marriage. Or apparently in Fife, they used to wash their feet. The brides of feet get washed in Fife, just feet. <laughs> but anyway, it's probably quite a good idea, isn't it? or a ceremonial washing of hands before meals. But the Christian sacrament of baptism almost certainly finds its origins in the ritual washings of Jewish Old Testament law. Exodus 29, Aaron and sons, they're going to be the first priests that go into the tabernacle, this brand new, amazing tabernacle, and they were washed before they went in. Washed before they were allowed to go into the place of the presence of God. Leviticus, thanks, 14, people who had diseases of their skin. They were washed, their clothes were washed, their heads were shaved, they were cleansed. And there's loads of other examples as well. But it seems that the concept of ceremonial bathing in water was developed over the course of history and beyond. And apparently archaeologists have unearthed one community. They had a purpose-built ritual for baths, for immersing people. But the first record we have of it is of John the Baptist, Mark 1.4, so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all of the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. He was saying, get yourself right with God, repent of your sins and be forgiven. And in that context, to be baptized was to get clean. And that's the major feature of baptism. It's an external symbol of an internal reality. God has made you clean. And it's important to note, too, that baptism in the New Testament always involved a lot of water. John 3, John the Baptist chose a particular stretch of the Jordan because it was deep enough, and when Jesus is baptised, it says he came up out of the water. When Philip baptises the Ethiopian eunuch by the side of the road in Acts 8, it says they both went down into the water and came up out of the water. There are no instances in scriptures of a small sprinkle of water. The Greek word for baptize, baptizo, probably saying that wrong, never mind. I love all these words, by the way. Are you ready? Sinking of a ship, dipping a cup into a bowl, soaking cloth in vat of dye. Or the common word in Greek that's used in English, it would be drench, dunk, dip, duck, douse, deluge, or soak, sink, swap, steep, or saturate. I think my favorite is deluge. That's a brilliant word. So John the Baptist waded into the River Jordan, and people repented of their sins. He dunked them under the water. And John 3, we see Jesus and his disciples baptizing people in the same river. In Matthew 28, we see Jesus commanding his disciples to carry on baptizing people after he's gone. So what does baptism mean? Well, firstly, it speaks of a bath. So I'm going to tell you a story. You'll find it really hard to imagine. Um, Obviously, I'm, I'm reasonably well turned out. You know, I've no holes in my jeans today. And I have, at the moment, quite a tidy house, believe it or not. But when I was younger, and when I say younger, I mean my whole life up until I was married. Ali will testify to this. I had the messiest, most disgusting room you have ever seen in your life. I'm not joking. Don't tell my kids. Really hard to believe, isn't it? No. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so imagine if you will, if you're have got a sturdy constitution, moldy bowls of cereal, cups of tea that have got that little seal on top, you know, all that. Yeah. Piles of clothes miles high, always dirty ones. And thick, thick dust. It's hard to imagine. I know. Mum actually is really annoyed that my house is quite tidy now. She's like, Where were I? where were you all those years? And from time to time I'd be asked, to clean and tidy my room. So what would I do? I'm sure none of you have ever done this. I'd put it all inside the wardrobe. (laughs) Squash it in, close the doors, push things further underneath my bed. But we'd know that basically that doesn't last long. Actually, I'd probably even vacuum the bits that you could see. And ta-da, looks good, doesn't it? On the outside, it looks quite good. It doesn't take much to undo this. You open up the wardrobe and it falls on top of you. Or if you dare to look under the bed and see what's there still. The bathing of a baptism is like this. Knowing Jesus is like this. In life, if we push and hide things into the cupboard or under the bed, on the surface it might look quite good. But we know ultimately it needs dealt with. Ultimately, only Jesus can clean us, our our lives deeper than the surface. In baptism, people were coming to John the Baptist, to Jesus, to disciples, to the early church to say, yes, Lord, clean me. As Ananias said to Saul of Tarsus, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. I'm going to get this lady's name wrong, but because I've not seen it, her, is it Mary Kondo? Is that the famous tidying lady at the moment? She's on Netflix. I've Probably got her name wrong, but I've not seen it. But a lot of my friends are talking. Apparently she's a phenomenon. She can transform your life and create, oh no, organize your life to create transform transformational joy that's what she does with tidying (laughs) not quite sure about that I'm pretty sure that God alone can bring order to the chaotic lives that we sometimes have God alone can cleanse the heart in baptism we're saying God please deal with this we're saying he's made me clean and he will continue to make me clean so it's a bath and secondly it's a burial as well as a sense of cleansing that had been part of the baptism in the time of John the Baptist, the early church immediately saw baptism like a grave. And so in baptism, they were enacting the burial of their old lives, aligning themselves with the death of Jesus. Colossians 2.12 says, You were buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were also raised with him. Baptism is the way we draw a line under the past, begin our new life with God. Not, I'll start my diet on Monday this year, I'm going to be the best version of me. I'll reinvent myself, a new haircut, a new style. Not quite like that. And I'm really going to regret this name. Are you ready? Fyodor Dostoyevsky. Yeah? Oh, Johnny's in the room. Allah is not. Russian Allah is not in the room, thankfully. So a famous Russian writer and philosopher. I've actually written out phonetically. That's the only reason I got it right. I haven't spelt it right. All right. And he's also a I'm going to keep going, I'm distracted now. He's also a journalist and he tells a life story of being arrested and he was sent to a firing squad. And he was about to be executed, literally, on his knees, blindfold on. And a hero appeared in the story with a pardon from on high. And he no longer was executed, movie style. And this could have been a potentially traumatizing event. However, all that happened was he felt this incredible sense of a second chance, a clean slate, a fresh start. For me personally, probably lots in the room, that's what becoming a Christian did. I'm a new person, the old is gone and dead and buried. I am a new creation, the cleanest slate possible, the freshest start, draw a line and start again. Sounds good, doesn't it? So, of course, the New Testament talks a lot about how coming to faith in Jesus really is a death, how we lay down our lives in order to gain a new life in Christ. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In Colossians 2.20, you died with Christ. So as we come to faith and repentance, a new life in Christ, we die. And in baptism, we perform the burial. So, you've always wondered why we sing, and I ran out of that grave. That's why. Again. We've left it and stepped into a new eternal life with Him. So, people often ask, can I be a Christian without being baptised? The answer is yes. But, yes, but, you haven't completed the process. Your old self has been put to death, but it hasn't been buried. So, baptism speaks of a bath and it speaks of a burial. And thirdly, it's a badge of belonging. My kids got into Edinburgh Zoo for free last summer, amazing. All they had to do was draw a picture and write about themselves and send it off. And what they got back in the post was, a Blue Peter badge, how amazing. (laughs) So obviously this badge of belonging is a little bit better. Free entry into the kingdom of heaven. So if baptism is a badge of belonging, it's the mark of membership of the people of God. In the Old Testament, that mark of membership was circumcision. We don't have to do that anymore. Any size of relief in the room. Instead, we baptize one another as a visible sign that we belong. So baptism isn't a sign, sorry, is a sign that we belong to the church. I was thinking about my kids and all those stages you go through with them. The first stage, they've got utter dependence on you. You put them down in one place and they stay there and then you go back and they're still there. That's amazing. The toddling around stage, the back breaking bent over, the the only walk with you holding their hand stage. They're completely reliant on you again still. And then it comes to the stage we're entering where your 11-year-old wants to walk, you know, five meters behind you because you're so embarrassing. (laughs) Not even my 11-year-old, my six-year-old yesterday said why are you and daddy so embarrassing what is that dancing you do (laughs) it gives you an insight into our lives (laughs) there's a lot of kitchen dancing but they do everything they can to pretend not to belong to who you are it's embarrassing in baptism we're saying i know the church isn't perfect potentially sometimes embarrassing but these are my people i belong it's my family it's my family of God.'" I'm publicly declaring that I belong here. Colossians 3, 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ. So it's a badge of belonging to the church and also a declaration that you belong to God. We're baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The name of God. It's a declaration that I'm not of my own. I was bought at a price. Therefore, I belong to God. I'm placing myself under his lordship. So it's a bath, it's a burial, and it's a badge of belonging. And now we're going to do a frequently asked questions section. Okay? These are the things you might be asking yourself sitting here today. Why should I get baptized? So it is normal for Christians Throughout the New Testament, whenever people encountered the good news of Jesus that had been raised from the dead, and they repented of their sins, put their trust in him, they were baptized. No hanging around. So in the passage we read at the start, 3,000 people one day came to faith, became part of the church, and they were all baptized. And there's a few examples. Lydia, selling her purple cloth, heard Paul's message and was baptized. Philippian jailer, The night that Paul and Silas were praying and worshipping the prison, the earth shook, the prisoners' doors and chains were loosed, the guard gave his life to Jesus and was at once baptised. Crispus, the synagogue leader, was baptised. Even Simon the sorcerer, amazed by signs and wonders, followed Philip, believed, and was baptised. In fact, you're hard-pressed to find anyone who does believe and repent, who isn't baptised, except maybe the thief who was crucified next to Jesus. Sort of fair enough, I think. It's what happened. They believed. They repented. They were baptized. It's not rock and science. It's not complicated. It's really clear. That is what we do. In fact, we can see from the writers of the letters in the New Testament that they just assumed that everyone was. They say things like, we've all been baptized into Christ. And and perhaps that's because Jesus commanded it. Think about the great commandment commandment, Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We baptize one another because Jesus told us to. It's why Peter was able to say to the crowd who asked him, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Ultimately, to be baptized is to be obedient. So why else should you get baptised? It's a powerful witness. Let's face it, being baptised is a very odd thing to do. I like to run and I remember running down a very busy road in Edinburgh and all of a sudden the traffic was building up at the traffic lights and there was one of those lovely, massive, double-decker buses stacked with folk and I did that moment where you go slow-mo, can't make it stop, but I am going to fall flat on my face. It's flat. And it was agony. I skinned my knees, holes in my trousers... And the whole bus full of people was looking. And it's that moment you have to get up and make your brave face, laugh it off. And <laughs> yes, it's totally fine. Not fine, not fine. Retaining our dignity and self-respect is very important to us. So why would anybody get in a big bath, sea, river, or slightly freezing paddling pool like us? We'll try and warm up a bit this time. With all their clothes on, Allow someone else to duck them under the water. Something I remember my brothers taking great delight in in our family swimming trips. It's done a wee bit more lovingly, don't worry. We let you breathe and stuff. Why would we do that? Because Jesus is more important to me than my dignity. And it's such a powerful witness. It really stands out to your friends. They're like, oh, she really means this. What better opportunity do we have to invite all of our world? demonstrate how important Jesus is to us and I know that I know that Ali went to Tori's baptism way before he was a Christian and he found it profoundly moving Brian Doherty he's now a site pastor up in Ellen and he watched his son being baptized and that was the moment for him where he got it it does have an impact on people so start praying about who you might invite on the 21st so next, and ask, asking a question is, I was christened as an infant. Does that count? Tough question. I have some friends who've grown up in Christian homes, christened in Church of Scotland, and they really believe that that is them being obedient to Scripture and to the Lord. And that's fine. And I, I'm a bit similar. I myself was christened as a baby. Renewed my baptismal vows uh, when I did become a Christian and made my own choice, because that's all that my church allowed at that point in time. Never until now have I actually really queried whether or not I should be getting dunked. And then the question I'm asking now, though, is why not, rather than why? So anyway, you might be seeing me in the paddling pool. I'll let you know what I've decided with God. So the way we answer the question in this church is by saying we believe the Bible teaches that baptism is for people who've made a decision to follow Jesus, and we believe it's by the submerging of the whole body. But if in your own heart before God Whatever form of baptism you've experienced, have peace. Then that's a matter of conscience for you. It is between you and God. If you're unsure, we'd encourage you to search the scriptures, search the heart of God, talk it through with some Christians you know and love, or me and Ali. You probably, you don't mind us. Do you love us? now, nah. And see where you end up. Next question. Is it too late? I've been a Christian for decades. It's never too late. Ideally, you bury a body as soon as as it is dead. But there are times on a battlefield of war, for example, when a body lies unburied. But the right thing to do when you come across that body is still to bury it. So it completes the process. Same with baptism. It's never too late. Do I have to share my story from the front? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Nightmare. No one likes it. Lots of people are really nervous. We get it. But we do our best to make it easy. We'd love to talk through and help you write some of your thoughts down, prepare you for the moment, or we can just ask you questions. The truth is, it's a bit like a groom's speech at a wedding. It is the easiest gig in the world. Everyone is willing you on to do the best. They they just want everything that's good for you, so it is quite easy. And it is the best opportunity you can get to share your faith with so many people that you know and love. So if you'd like to be baptized, and this is your church you're certain that you put your trust in Jesus and haven't been baptized before, then please let us know. And the final question, if if I think I might want to be baptized, what should I do next? Speak to your site pastor today. So just come and chat to us. We'd love to chat it through with you, what that might look like for you. If you've got any questions, we'll try and answer them. Um, But yeah, have a chat, have a pray. We really encourage you to pray about it and ask God most of all. See what peace you get with him. See what answer you get from him.